بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم This is class number uh, 17 وعن عائشة وأم سلمة رضي الله تعالى عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصبح جنبا من جماع ثم يغتسل ويصوم متفق عليه وزاد مسلم في حديث وزاد مسلم في حديث أم سلمة ولا يقضي نريتد عائشة أن أم سلمة رضي الله عنهما that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to get up at dawn uh, while in a state of Janaba sexual impurity then he would take a bath and fast and this is an agreed upon hadith and Muslim added in the hadith of Umm Salama he would not make up the fast he would not make up the fast in this hadith <coughs> the mothers of the believers Aisha and Umm Salama radiallahu anhumah May Allah be pleased with both of them Mention something about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's state of janaba, sexual impurity And in relation to fasting So he used to get up at dawn while in a state of sexual defilement Junub uh, What is janaba? Al-junub legally is the one who uh, enjoys or uh, has uh, performs intercourse uh, even though he may not uh, have sexual uh, uh, discharge semen discharge or or that he may uh, have a discharge or ejaculation even though he may not uh, had involved himself in sexual intercourse so therefore if intercourse takes place and ejaculation then this is janaba from two sides and this is janaba from two sides and so therefore if an individual uh, makes intercourse with his wife and does not uh, ejaculate then uh, what is to be enjoyed upon him is uh, that which is entailed by ejaculation and if someone commits adultery with a woman and engages in intercourse with her illegal intercourse with her and does not ejaculate then it is entailed upon him the punishment he deserves the punishment now if someone is the question uh, is uh, complete uh, <coughs> is complete uh, penetration a condition well, the answer is no the answer is no 
when the two uh, places of circumcision meet, then the rules are applicable. And this occurs uh, by the disappearing of the part of the penis that is above or beyond the place of circumcision the disappearing of the part of the penis that is above or beyond the place of circumcision in the vulva of the woman this is the situation where it takes the ruling of intercourse and therefore if this occurs then the ruling of complete intercourse is applicable so in this hadith the Prophet ﷺ used to get up at dawn while in a state of janaba sexual impurity and then he would take a bath here she said that the Prophet ﷺ used to get up at dawn while in state of janaba from intercourse due to intercourse due to intercourse why they mentioned the intercourse just to uh, relate the actuality of the matter and that it is not uh, a, a, a precaution uh, related to what dream why because the Prophet ﷺ does not get what dreams because he ﷺ said about himself that his eyes go to sleep but not his heart but not his heart and that's why the scholars mentioned that it is from the qualities of the Prophet is that he does not get what dreams so then he would take a bath and fast meaning continue in his fast why because get up at dawn and fasting begins before dawn so therefore her saying and fast meaning to continue his fast and Muslim in his narration added he Um Salama added in the report by Muslim Wala yaqdi, and he would not make up the fast meaning this is to affirm that the fasting is legal one is a legal one from the benefits of this hadith is that the Prophet ﷺ, like others from humans goes into states of sexual impurity or defilement in fact rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon him a, a specific strength unique strength Anas said we estimated to be the strength of 30 men this is a, from the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the favor of Allah upon him and upon the ummah as well upon the ummah as to it being a favor on him 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made woman beloved to him alayhi salatu wassalam and if he is not given the strength then he will miss from what is beloved to him uh, to the extent that is proportional to what he would miss from the ability and the fact that it is also a favor on the ummah that is because having the number of women which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permitted him to marry uh, in that there is a favor of dissipation of knowledge because his actions at home no one knows of them and his privacy except his woman and also many were the narration or many were the rulings which became known because of his woman or by way of his woman sallallahu alayhi wa sallam especially the mother of the believers Aisha radiallahu anha and also in having this number of women this uh, ensured abundant communications amongst the Arabian tribes and that's why it is said no famous Arabian tribe except the Prophet ﷺ had a relation with and this is a very important matter and that's why with Prophet Lut what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala related on uh, related from the saying of Lut لو أن لي بكم قوة أو آوي إلى ركن شديد as in Surah Hud 11:80, that this is a source of strength to have these relations. Listen to what Allah told us about Lut alayhi salam in verse 80 from Hud. لو أن لي بكم قوة أو آوي إلى ركن شديد would that I had strength meant to overpower you or that I could retake myself to some powerful support to resist you it is said that he said this because in his town there was uh, to whom he was sent none from his relatives uh, were there so now from this we know that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon the Prophet والسلام, from this uh, strength has two benefits to himself and also to the Ummah at large the uh, next benefit is the permissibility to continue engagement in the sexual intercourse until dawn until dawn because she said they said يُصْبِحُ جُنُبًا ثُمَّ get up at dawn while in a state of sexual defilement then he would take a bath and fast uh, this ruling this ruling is indicated by the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 187 فَالْآنَبَاشِرُهُنَّ it's made lawful for you to have sexual relations with your wives on the night of fast they are libas body cover or screen or second for you and 
you are the same for them. Allah knows that you used to deceive yourself, so He turned to you, accepted your repentance and forgave you. So now have sexual relations with them and seek that which Allah has ordained for you of spring and eat and drink until the white thread light of dawn appears to you distinct from the black thread. Eat and drink until the thread light of dawn appears to you. And, it is, and since it is permissible to have intercourse and eat and drink until the emergence of dawn, this necessitates that who? That he uh, awakes in a state of sexual defilement and continues in the fasting. So therefore from this we know that this is indicated by this hadith from the sunnah and indicated by the Quran in this verse 287. And this Therefore, if someone asks the question, is it permissible to have intercourse while in doubt concerning the emergence of dawn? The answer is, is it permissible to eat? The answer is, is it permissible to eat and drink while in doubt concerning the emergence of the dawn? If he answers by yes, then the answer will be for him the same with respect to intercourse because the ruling is the same. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَالْآنَ بَاشِرُوهُنَّ وَابْتَغُوا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ So now have sexual relations with them and seek that which Allah has ordained for you. And this, this statement is a, uh, a follow-up to the previous one. To the previous one. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَكُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكُمْ And eat and drink until the white red light of dawn appears to you distinct from the black dawn. So if someone says, what about if afterwards it became evident that he had intercourse after the dawn? What's the ruling? The correct opinion is that there is nothing upon him and his fasting is correct, is valid, and there is no expiation and no makeup. Some of the scholars on the contrary said, no, it's a must upon him to refrain make up and expiate but this saying is weak and it is in disagreement with the Quran because Allah said until the it is it is appear and evident to you so if he says what about if the dawn appears and the person is still engaged with his wife in sexual intercourse should he continue uh, someone asked uh, shouldn't we take this hadith this is still we are discussing this point uh, shouldn't we take this hadith or this matter shouldn't be analogous to the situation in the hadith where if the person if the, if the dawn uh, emerges and in his hand there is a a, a bowel uh, so let him drink until he takes what he needs to fulfill his desire from that. Isn't it this analogous? What is apparent that this is in uh, correct analogy. And that upon the emergence of dawn, the person engaged in the sexual intercourse with his wife must pull out immediately and should not continue 
And there is difference between the two situations. Uh, drinking there is, in drinking there is a strengthening for the fasting person on his fast, while with the intercourse it is not. And so the analogy, the analogy, considering this situation analogous to the other, is not correct. This brings the end of this discussion on this hadith, and then we move to the next hadith. عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من مات وعليه صيام صام عنه وليه متفق عليه عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها نريتد هذا الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم said whoever dies while some fast is due from him which is unfulfilled his heir must fast on his behalf his heir must fast on his behalf. This wording, whoever dies while some fast is due from him, is due, some fast. This is uh, undefined, undefined. So it covers all types of fast. Tam kul so this word siyam therefore will uh, encompass that which is obligated whether in Ramadan or an expiation or kafara or ransom. Then the Prophet ﷺ said his heir must fast on his behalf. His heir fasts on his behalf. Concerning this hadith, this color sahimahumullah differ. Is it still applicable or abrogated and is it particular to a certain fast but not to other or general we will discuss this in the benefits so the, benefit, the first of the benefits is clear that whoever dies while some fast is due from him which he did not fulfill his heir fasts on his behalf this is clear but the question is, is the fasting of the heir an obligation on him or a sunnah, meaning recommended? The answer, it is recommended, it is a sunnah, not an obligation. That is because if we say that it is an obligation and he does not fast, then he will be held sinful. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وِزْرَ أُخْرَى No bearer of sin will be responsible for the other sins. So, it's a must therefore that there is fasting due from the deceased. And in case there isn't, then there is no fasting on his behalf. Even though, even though, if it is, even though it is an obligation. Example, let's take an example. A person became ill in the beginning of Ramadan. An illness whose cure is likely. And he continued on the situation. However, after Ramadan, his illness intensified until he died. Then there is no fasting on his behalf. 
Why? Because fasting is not due on this person. Why? Because his fard, his obligation is, as Allah said, فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ عِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ A number of days, a makeup of same number of days from other days. And in this case, he did not, he was not able to do them because he died. Clear. So there is no fasting on him. He, he, he couldn't do them because he died. He died. So there isn't anything upon him. Another example. Someone traveled in a journey the entire month of Ramadan and broke the fast. And on the day of Eid, an accident occurred to him and he died. And there is no fasting by his ayah, by his heir, on his behalf. Why? Because fasting is not due on him. Why? Here, he, he couldn't, right? He couldn't do them. He died. So therefore, in this case, the ill person, in, the, in this, if he did not fast, and his illness was of the type whose likelihood, whose likelihood of cure is not, it's not likely to, to be cured. Let's put it this way. Then in this case, the obligation on him is to feed. No fasting on him, and no fasting on his herbs. Is that clear? In the illness, when it is not likely to be cured. There is no fasting on him, nor on his herbs. There is only the obligation upon him is to feed. For every day, a miskin of a poor person. But if his illness of the type is of the type where it is likely curable, but it continues with him until he died, in this case there is no feeding on him, nor there is makeup. Why? Because he, he was not able to do, uh, to, to make up these, uh, these days which he uh, missed. Is that also clear? The third situation, if his illness is, uh, is likely to be cured, and he was cured after Ramadan, and he was able to make up, he was able to make up, like for example, he did not fast five days, and continued healthy five days from Shawwal then he died this is the situation upon whom this hadith applies in this case his heir fasts on his behalf in what? recommended not obligated also why? because in this case he was able to make up the fast, but he didn't. So therefore, it became a due on him. 
Is that clear? This is where the hadith applies. Then it is due on him because he was able to make it up and he did it. So in this case he had what? Five days. Right? He had five days. He stayed five days while he was able to make up. He stayed five days in Shawwal while he was able to make up, but then he died. Died on the sixth. How many days his heirs can fast on his behalf? How many days? Can you tell me? Four. Exactly. Because the first day of Shawwal, it is forbidden to fast. Four. Because the first day of Shawwal, it is forbidden to fast. Right? Yeah, that is the Eid day. The Eid day. So you take it out. And you take out the day on which he died. So there remains four. Four days where he was able to make up the fast and he didn't. So his heir will make up for four. Is that clear now, inshallah? If someone says, is it permissible to distribute the fasting, the obligated fasting between the heirs and the relatives? Like for example, the deceased had six sons and daughters. And he uh, stayed, he did not fast the entire month of Ramadan, 30 days. Is it permissible for each one of the <coughs> his uh, offspring uh, to fast five days? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Just like if he was in debt, he had borrowed, for example, uh, $600, and they, he had six sons and daughters, and each one takes care of 100 this is permissible. Is that clear now? Now, if someone asks the question, what about if the fasting was of the consecutive type? Is it permissible to divide it amongst the heirs? Uh, yes, okay. With respect to this type, it must be day after day, right? So, if someone says, uh, this can be done. We say how? He says, we say to this son, fast a day. Then to the other son, fast a day. The next day. To the third, fast the third day. The answer is, in response to this, is the one who fasted the second day did not fast the first day. And the one who fasted the third day did not fast neither the first nor the second. Is that clear? So therefore, in the fasting 
whose nature is consecutiveness as a condition, then it's a must that the fasting individual be a single person. But remember, as was mentioned earlier, this fasting by the heirs is not an obligation. Is that clear? This is recommended. Remember that. And the fasting, which is of the consecutive type, that is of fasting two months in the expiation. Also, the fasting regarding the oath, three consecutive days. However, the fasting concerning the ailment in the scalp, which necessitates shaving, the ransom for that, is fasting is not consecutive. Also, with the fasting which is in the Hajj of Tamattu, the enjoyable Hajj, if he doesn't find the sacrifice, the animal, then the fasting, uh, because of that, is not required to be consecutive. What's amazing is that most of the scholars, Rahimahumullah, do not see to act by this hadith. They see, they see that it is abrogated. While there is no real evidence, strong evidence to indicate that it is abrogated. And from the ulama who went to this opinion was Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah. He said that this hadith is particular only to the vows. And he said that because the Prophet ﷺ was asked concerning someone who died and he had uh, obligated fasting on him by way of a vow and that the Prophet ﷺ commanded a makeup. So he considered Imam Ahmad that this is applicable to the vow situations. And this is the school of thought of Imam Ahmad rahimahullah. However, this saying is weak from two angles. First, this case which falls under the generality of the wording of the hadith does not particularize it whatsoever. So assigning a rule to an individual case such that the rule is in agreement with the general rule does not necessitate particularization and this is a very important foundation which we discussed in the foundations of fiqh second is to say subhanallah how can we carry this hadith in its applicability and vows and the obligated fasting by way of vow when we know that the obligated fasting with respect to that obligated in Ramadan meaning the obligated in the vow situations with respect to the obligated in Ramadan is very 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 rare so therefore we should not carry the wording which is general on a rare case and then 
cancel all the many cases. But this, as often indicated, it's inevitable that for every horse there is a stumble. So therefore, the correct position is, as came in the hadith, that it is general. If anyone dies when some fast due from him has been unfulfilled, but remember, due on him. Why? To take out the optional. And also to exclude the obligation, the obligatory fast, which he could not make up. Where in this case, there is no fasting upon him, as we discussed in the examples earlier.